And welcome to Technology Tap. I'm Professor J-Rod. In this episode, we're going to do security plus questions again and talk about Technology Tap Premium. Let's get to it. All right, welcome to Technology Tap. Again, my name is Professor J-Rod, for those of you who don't know me. Um, we're going to be doing security plus questions, but before that, we are going to do some housekeeping, as I like to call it. Um, we are going to talk about Technology Tap Premium, which is a service that I'm offering, $5 a month, is for us to be able to communicate offline, you know, via Zoom, and talk about the CompTIA exams, what's, what obstacles are you facing, what issues are you having, what exam are you going, you know, are you having trouble getting a job, are you having trouble doing a resume. We could talk about all that on Technology Tap Premium. It's going to, you know, it'll be a live, you know, Zoom stuff that we're doing. Also, I want to do uh, like a like a free uh, premium, well, you know, one-on-one -on -one thing. Uh, if you're interested, email me, professorjrod at gmail.com. So what I want to do is like do an introduction. I'll, you email me that you're interested. I'll send out the Zoom link. You pop on. You know, we talk about, you know, this is for everyone. Talk about CompTIA. We'll talk about a little bit about myself, my background. We'll do a little bit, talk about you, talk about any issues that you're having. Uh, you know, that why you want to do IT, you know, the if you're failing, maybe somebody out there is failing multiple times the CompTIA exam, we can talk about why that's happening and see if we can help you. Uh, yeah, so I want to do that in May and I want to do it on a Sunday in the afternoon. That way we hit, you know, West Coast and we hit Europe. We got a lot of Europe fans out there. Shout out to my European fans. And, uh, right, we can get all involved. But I need, you know, I don't want to do it with one or two people. So if you're interested, email me at professorjrod at gmail.com. The link will be in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, we can start building this community together. All right. So today we're going to do. Some security plus questions. Let's start with number one. A security analyst is reviewing application logs to determine the source of a breach and locates the following log. Now, this is going to be difficult to read. So, you know, again, if you can follow along, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, and you could follow along via the website. It's https www.comtia.com. 
slash log dot php question mark id equals open quote parentheses 20 or or parentheses 20 quote one quote one equals one which of the following has been observed dll injection api attack sql injection or xss cross-site scripting i'll read it again a security analyst is reviewing application logs to determine the source of a breach and locates the following log. HTTPS www.comtia.com slash login dot PHP question mark ID equals quote uh, percentage tw- percentage sign 20 or percentage sign 20 quote one quote one equals quote one. Which of the following has been observed? DLL injection, API attack, SQL injection, or cross-site scripting? Let's give you a couple of seconds. And the answer is SQL. Uh, SQL is the type of cyber attack that involves injecting malicious code into database through vulnerable web applications. The malicious code is typically designed to manipulate or extract data from the database, allowing the attacker to gain unauthorized access to sensitive information. The log provided in the question appears to be a URL for a login page with a string of text appended to the end. The string that includes text or the quote one quote one equals one which is common syntax used in SQL injection attack. This indicates that they are trying an SQL attack and against the website. So that's the answer. All right, question number two. And again, you can follow all this right at professorjrod.gmail.com. I'm sorry, professorjrod.com. And there was a link... I'll put in a link in the show notes. You'll see it. It's a security plus page. Uh, security manager has tasked the security operations center with locating all web servers that respond to an unsecure protocol. Which of the following commands can analysts run to find the requested servers? A. NSLOOKUP 10.10.10.0 B, nmap p 80 10.10.10.0 slash CIDR24, path ping 10.10.10.0 minus P80, port 80, NE minus L minus P, port 80. I'll read it again. A security manager has tasked the security operations center with looking we're locating all web servers that respond to an unsecure protocol. That's your big hint right there, unsecure. Uh, which of the following commands can an analyst run to find the requested server? NSLOOKUP 10.10.10.0, NMAP-P 80.10.10.10.0, CIDR24, PathPing 10.10.10.0-P80, NE-L-P80. So NSLOOKUP, you can eliminate right away because it has, doesn't show any unsecured ports, right? The unsecured port in this question is, is 80, HTTP. 
So let me give you a couple of seconds to think about it. Uh, all right. The answer is B, Nmap. Nmap or Network Map Mapper is a net network discovery and security alerting tools mainly used to find services, hosts, and open ports on a network. In this case, Nmap would check for HTTP port 80. So uh, the NS lookup, of course, obtains DNS record. PathPing provides information about network latency packets. And NE command, I'm not familiar with that command, to be honest. Yep, I don't know everything, guys. All right, question three. The chief compliance officer from a bank has approved a background policy check, a background check policy for all new hires. Which of the following is the policy most likely protecting at? Protecting against a preventing any current employee siblings from working at the bank to prevent nepotism. B hiring an employee who's been convicted of theft to adhere to industry compliance. C filtering applications who have added false information to resumes so they appear better qualified. Or D ensuring no new hires that worked at other banks that may be trying to steal customer information. I read it again. The chief compliance officer from a bank has approved a background check policy for all new hires, which is typical nowadays for almost any company. Which of the following is the policy most likely protecting against? A, preventing any current siblings from working at the bank to prevent nepotism. B, hiring an employee who's been convicted of theft to adhere to industry compliance. C, filtering applications who have added false information to resumes so they appear better qualified. And D, ensuring no new hires have worked at the other banks that would be trying to steal customer information. Well, which ones can we eliminate right away? Well, D, ensuring no new hires work at other banks. People hire people from other banks all the time. So, I mean, that's just life, right? So... I've never heard of another bank not hiring from another bank, though I'm sure that could happen, but very unheard of. And A, preventing any current employee sibling from working at the bank to prevent nepotism. What if, uh, you know, I'm, I have my last name and my sister has her married name. How are they, they going to know that we're relatives, right? They're not going to know that. So I don't, that's not going to prevent nepotism. So you're left with B and C. So filtering applications who have added false information to resumes so they appear qualified. Now, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Who has not put something in their resume that's not 100% true? Right? I mean, Listen, saying that you graduated from college when you didn't graduate from college, that's a big no-no. I know before in the 90s, it was very, very popular to do that. But can't do that anymore. Education checks are very cheap to do and very quick. So they'll find out in a heartbeat if that you didn't graduate from, high, from college. Uh, you could, you know, say 
you can manipulate the resume in a way where if they didn't see it, that's not your fault. For example, you could say that you've, uh, instead of that I passed the CompTIA exam, you could say, uh, you know, took CompTIA exam, right? A plus exam, uh, course. Or you could put, you know, exam. And that will get it by the filters. And if they don't see it, that you didn't really take it. I've seen that happen, actually. When someone got hired and the person thought that they took the A-plus exam. And then they they said, but they took the, they took the A-plus exam. I said, let me, let me see the resume. And when I looked at the resume, it didn't say that they took it. It, it just says that they took a class. So it went by the filters. So the answer is B, hiring an employee who's been convicted of theft to adhere to industry compliance. At a bank, you don't want to hire somebody who's stealing, who has been convicted of stealing. All right, next, an organization has decided to purchase an insurance policy because a risk assessment determined the cost to remediate the risk is greater than the five-year cost of, an, of the insurance policy. The organization is enabling what kind of risk? A, risk avoidance. B, risk acceptance. C, risk mitigation. Or D, risk transference. I'll read it again. Uh, company is... An organization has decided to purchase an insurance policy... Because a risk assessment determined that the cost to remediate the risk is greater than the five-year cost of the insurance policy. The organization is enabling the what? Risk avoidance, risk acceptance, risk mitigation, or risk transference. I'll give you a couple of seconds. All right. So the answer is, believe it or not, you might think the way it's worded that is mitigation, but it's not. It's transference. It's actually transference. Where you're transferring the risk to a third party, right? In cybersecurity, this can be utilized through cybersecurity insurance. Cyber insurance generally covers business liability for data breach involving sensitive customer information, such as account number, credit card numbers, health records, etc. So... Yeah, you may think it's it's mitigation, but it's transference. You're transferring the risk to someone. And we all do that when we drive, right? We have we all have to have car insurance when we drive. It's the same thing. Risk transference. All right, risk avoidance is a strategy that eliminates risk by avoiding activities that would expose themselves to the risk. Risk mitigation, the practice of reducing the impact of the risk through preventive and reactive planning and risk acceptance is when the business individual accepts the potential loss from the risk. Generally occurs when the business or individual feels that the risk does not warrant the customer, the countermeasures. It might be too expensive, right? Like the example I like to give if you're on the first floor of a building 
and they tell you when it rains really hard, it floods. Um, so we're going to charge you $1,000 a month. Or you could move up to the third floor where we charge you $4,000 a month. So you have 48000 versus 12000 And you doubt you're going to get $36,000 in damages. So you take the risk and you stay on the first floor. Because if it rains hard and it, if you get flooded, it might only be $10,000 in damages. So you take that risk. You accept the risk not to pay uh, money for the rent. All right, next. The chief information security officer requested a report on potential errors of improvement following a security incident. Which of the following incident response uh, processes is the CIO, CISO requesting? A, lesson learned. B, preparation. C, detection. D, containment. And E, root cause analysis. The chief information security officer requested a report on potential areas of improvement following a security incident. Which of the following incident response processes the CISO requesting? So, keyword here is following a security incident. That means something already happened. Right? Something already happened. So, uh, the answer is what the answer is lesson learned and if you think about the phases in incident response all right you have preparation the organiz the organization plans out how they will respond to to the attack this can involve uh, a second one identification detecting and determining whatever an account has occurred C, containment. Once a threat has been identified, the organization must limit uh, or prevent any further damage, eradication, the removal of the threat, recovery, restoring systems affected by the incident. And six, lesson learned, which is the answer, where the organizations review the incident response and prepare for a future attack. Lessons learned. All right, very good. Number five. A company is providing security. Actually, this is number six. Last one. So the company is providing security awareness training regarding the importance of not forwarding social media messages from unverified sources. Which of the following risk would this training help to prevent? A, hoax. B, spims. C, identity fraud, and D, credential harvesting. I'll read it again. A uh, company is providing security awareness training regardless, regarding, uh, a company is providing security awareness training regarding the importance of not forwarding social media messages from unverified sources. Which of the following risks would this training help prevent? A, hoax, uh, B, spims, C, identity fraud, or D, credential harvesting? Which one? All right, this is a tough one, but it's actually A. 
So the key phrase in this question is unverified sources, which is the main uh, idea of hoaxes, right? Uh, the main idea principle of the question is to avoid spreading messages that has not been verified as the truth. This is to reduce hoax or misinformation from spreading, which are also primarily spread via social media. And we saw that uh, specifically through Facebook and now Twitter through uh, the election. Spam is for instant message. I know that's probably what a couple of people thought. Spam is for instant messages, spam, and is seen as a form of unsolicited messages on an instant message platform like Instagram. From CompTIA's perspective, instant messages, DMs, and social media messages are two entirely different things. Also, the company wouldn't do training on SPIM, most likely, because they are, um, you know, usually one-on-one. On, one on one. So they usually direct it to, towards you uh, privately. Where hoaxes, you know, they're 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 all over, um, you know, they, and they they spread fast, right? A lot of you have have seen. Uh, I know I've done it uh, when, especially particularly somebody older says, uh, "Hey, I I heard this, this, and this," and I'll be like, "Where did you hear that from? Facebook?" You know, that's the old uh, that's the old joke, right? Can't believe everything you read. Even that that now applies even to the internet. Can't believe everything that you read, right? You got to read your own sources. Don't just stick to one person's opinion as fact. You have to uh, go out there and do your own research, right? All right, just a reminder. um, Again, if you want to do this one-on-one sessions in May... I'm looking at, at a Sunday in May. We, we can all get together for free. This will be for free for about an hour. Uh, I'll send out the Zoom link. If I need, I need at least 10 response to 10 people to email me at professorjrod at gmail.com. And then I'll, I'll set it up. But I need at least 10 people. All right. That's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening i really appreciate every single one of you who's listening and remember if you want to get in contact with me i have instagram now professor jrod and i'm on my emails professor jrod at gmail.com This has been uh, Little Cha Cha Productions, art by Sarah, music by Joe Kim. You can reach me at professorjrod at gmail.com and Instagram at professorjrod.